Hello, and welcome to the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, the official podcast of Craft Brewed Music, the music discovery app that streams better music for serious listeners. Here we explore and get to know the creators of that music. I'm Brian Horner, founder and curator of Craft Brewed Music, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Aaron Stamen, a Craft Brewed Music artist. episode with Ariana Cap, uh, bass player extraordinaire and bassoonist Paul Hansen, who together formed the duo Oon, bassoon and electric bass duo. Um, and they've had extraordinarily diverse careers um, as, as players in a number of different settings and educators um, and with a, with a very um, impressive cast of characters as their collaborators and we're uh really excited to uh to dig in and talk about their music which is one of the original um uh uh, batches of of music batches of songs that was picked for the craft brood music streaming service a couple years ago it's it's uh, the epitome of of everything that we're about musically so it's really exciting to to have them on here uh welcome paul and ariana welcome thank you Great to be here. I've also included our producer, Wolf Wine, in this conversation because he plays a vital role in our duo, so he's here too. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for being here. Um, So Aaron and I were talking earlier. This is also the first time, or the the first time we've talked to multiple people, and it's the biggest crowd we've had on here. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll ask you to bear with us. But uh, as I mentioned, you know, this music captured my ear immediately as 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 being different and wonderful and exciting, and um, and I think I even said to Ariana, however we met, whenever that was, that you know I that this uh, you know doesn't fit neatly into any slot, but I want to work with it and um, and hopefully we'll you know find things to do together, and mm-hmm. um, and craft brewed music became the first of those things. So we wanted to talk first about you know how this came 
to be? What was the um, impetus for a bassoon and electric bass duo? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll give my side of the story and jump in. So uh, I came back from a short stint with Cirque du Soleil and uh, was finding myself in a situation where I had an opportunity, like turning challenge into opportunity, let's put it that way. So I needed to, I needed to find something to motivate myself uh, musically and, uh, you know, come up with, with something creative. And I had for many years tinkered a little bit with solo bass, thanks to cats like Steve Lawson, uh, Michael Manring, uh, you know, Victor Wooten's solo bass playing. Uh, Jeff Schmidt also have had, has had a big influence on me. But, you know, as a bass player, you have to be careful. If you show up with your six string at the wrong audition, then people go, oh, we don't want a guitar player, you know, go, go get your four string, you know. <laughs> so right. uh, I, this whole musical side of me played a little bit of a shadow existence. And uh, when I met Paul, who came highly recommended as a contact uh, from our uh, friend uh, Derek Jones, fantastic bass player out of um, Las Vegas, he said, you've got to check this cat out. You've got to check this cat out. He lives close to you. And so Paul and I met, and <laughs> immediately after hearing Paul play, I thought, hmm, if I have an eclectic side, this would be a good place to unpack it. <laughs> and <laughs> started playing a few of the riffs that I've been working on, and Paul started improvising over it, and we were immediately taken by the freshness of the sound, by how compatible we were in terms of our love for different styles, from Bach to you know modern styles. And, and jazz and you know rock and you know it was just there was just an openness and uh, a love for creative uh exploration and you know to me paul was just an absolutely amazing musician to play with i mean to just learn and you know express myself and give him room to do what he does and uh so i was immediately just really taken by the sound so that that was the beginning for me paul do you want to yeah thanks ariana that's very similar to my experience where I'd been in uh, living in Japan for four years, playing an amazing gig where uh, I got hired. They were looking for a, a classical music, classical inst woodwind instrumentalist who could play all styles and improvise and stuff. And so I'd had this really amazing job, which is a kind of a, a golden, uh, what's it called? It's like a, uh, like a handcuffs, I guess, golden handcuffs, because really great playing gig. Uh, my whole family lived in Japan for four years. And like, Kids started speaking the language, uh, but we knew it was going to be over at some point. And then they had the earthquake uh, about a, uh, 10 years ago, the big uh, earthquake and tsunami and nuclear disaster. And that kind of uh, led to the end of 2011, uh, we're coming back home. So I'm coming back home and I always thought of, you know, when I get back in the Bay Area, I want to do something, you know, a new group. I want to form something because I can't really form something playing 380 shows a year over in Japan, you know. I, I got a some and uh, Jerry Jones record. You got to check out Ariana Cap. She's this really amazing musician, and uh, you guys think somewhat similarly. And so we, we met, and instantly I said, "This is great because we're we're there's some similarities between what we do. We both have like the bass in our name uh, of our instruments, and we cover a lot of ground. Uh, so bassoon is an instrument. Why I like it so much is it's got. Uh, uh, you know, three at least three different territories. It's got a very melodic high range, really beautiful. It's got uh, it can come to me uh, and, and uh, blend with a lot of different instruments and in a wonderful support room. And also, it's a bass instrument, so you can bop around playing ba funky bass lines at the same time, play up the high register. 
And Ariana, as a bass player, could do that very well as well, as well as doing the tapping thing. And, and it was just a really cool way to come up with something that was only two people, but we could cover a lot of ground. And part of the excitement was, how are we going to work this out? How is what these limitations that we have? How are we going to make this into some kind of musical conversation? And it just played out really well and it's very exciting. And, you know, we got a really great start. And, uh, uh, you know, and we came up with our great, you know, name and play gigs and stuff. So that's kind of how that happened. And, uh, yeah, that's how that happened. Do you think you guys were, were both in a place where you, you were looking for a duet or something that had the collaboration but also the space? Yes, definitely. And as for me, uh, you know, it takes a lot to commit to a band like ideology and, and thought, you know, like really working together, you, you know, you're doing it for the music, you know, you're, you're, and the more people involved, you have to have that same kind of commitment, you know, you've got to have to really be there. And uh, Ariana was definitely really there. And I was doing it just somehow it, it just creates this kind of a conversation and, and musical relationship. That's interesting to people. It brings people in, you know? Uh, and uh, I thought, you know, that was, the thing with the space is cool because uh, as soon as an instrument, it, you really, it's nice to hear some space around because you always hear it in like a, you know, a concert hall with, you know, a little reverberation around it or whatever, what have you. Uh, it, for me, it's just, a, it was a combination of that and just at the right time to do something where you could really work on something that could be handled well. We could go out and just, you don't have to call, could five people do the rehearsal? No. Okay. Well, we can't, no, we can do the rehearsal. We just want to call the other person, you know, that's it. So that that definitely played that pragmatic role. Definitely played part of it. And, you know, musically, it's a definitely a great conversation for sure. So, was there a, um, a a bar that had to be cleared as far as let's try this thing and see if it works, and then it becomes a band and we do a, a record, or was it, um, you know, was there a, a period of time where you were kind of feeling all that out, or did it seem pretty um, instantaneous? Uh, it felt pretty good for me. I'm talking fast, so I'll let Ariana answer this, but it felt pretty right right off the bat to me i mean, said oh this is really cool this is you know it's a lot of fun you know i mean ariana you you go ahead on that one you know to me i was so um just taken by the range of this instrument and by the what what paul does with technology and what you know just that's just the different roles that he could take and i could take you know from grooving to chord playing to melodies to putting in a looper and delay pedal i mean it was like every rehearsal to me with paul was like a lesson or 10 you know because, you know, I was, I was just, oh, wait a minute, let me try this with the delay pedal. And, and you know, so it was super, super inspiring. And then we, I, I think after the first couple of tunes, Paul, we were, we were pretty sure we wanted to do a record. Oh, for sure. And, no doubt. Yeah. And, and just keep going. And one thing that we also noticed that when we did shows, we had people of all ages. We would play these kind of odd gigs in the beginning, you know, like a, at a furniture store. Remember that, Paul? Uh, yep. like an antique store and because we're just two people you can put us in the somewhere you know we don't need a ton of gear we don't need to be loud we work great with natural reverb you know so um we 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 had we had all sorts of gigs and we we saw that there were young people there were older folks there was like this whole gamut of people that would kind of just uh stop and listen because you know, it's also this thing. We are only two people, but once we kick in our effects and we kick in our, you know, the Paul lays down a loop or something, it hits you in the gut. It's a pretty uh, powerful yeah. instrument, especially when the bassoon goes up and down all these ranges, you know. 
And then we were lucky to have um, Wolfgang on our side because oh, he's, he's my husband as well as a partner in, in music of many things. And, and he was uh, excited also with the possibilities. He's a composer. So, you know, he uses instrumentation and thinks very musically. And he saw all sorts of possibilities for Un as well that I think we were just sort of discovering as we went along, right, Paul? Yeah, it's... Uh, um... Yeah, you know, just chance to really work on something and and see if we could do certain things. It's like, you know, you can always get a keyboard player, you can always get a you know guitar player. You know, and it's nothing wrong with all that. This is fantastic music or it's just any kind of thing. But there's always ways you could make something easier with more instruments. Like, okay, I figure out a way to represent this chord in such a way that you hear the tonality of this bar here. But if you only have two people, you got to figure that out. And it's kind of the fun part of it because it's something we're going after. It's like, you know, uh, in rock and roll, I suppose, like trios, like power trios or something like that, where, you know, the limitation is also like, how would you, how would you put that together? I guess on a macro level, a group like Rush or something like that. It's just, just somehow a Rush. Yeah, you know, or something like that, or, or just, you know, to certain things like, uh, I often, you know, it's just the space around the instrument is, what can you get to? And try to find a way to bridge that gap in a, in a creative way that, you know, keeps you inspired. And this also because you see the conversation we're having. We're often, sometimes we really pare it down and just do something extremely simple where uh, the instrument uh, Ariana plays, not only she can play bass, but she plays, you know, with right hand tapping or chords or something in beautiful patterns. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's pianistic or whatever, it's its, its own thing, but it's like a conversation between some supportive musician and someone playing the melody. And it's just a conversation like you see in a chamber music concert. And I can do the same. I can play ostinatos and she can play melodies. And it's great. I love playing ostinatos. I love being part of a band like a, a rhythm guitar player, you know. And other bands I, you know, I work with, you know, they'll give me a tune, they give me a tempo. And I, okay, I can do a, a hawk a delay for this tune at this tempo, whatever. I, I love not just being, oh, the horn player, you know, uh, you know last hired first fired kind of thing you know i like i like uh, I, I, I i i like the you know being in the guts of the band you know and yeah. you know integral part to everything uh you know without overdoing it you know being supportive at all times hopefully well and you both do that you both uh play your instruments traditional roles i guess if you will and then flip you know and yeah do the thing exactly. that's the opposite of that yeah, yeah. Well, for bassoonists, this is everything I do is like completely off the grid and, and new and unique. What's really cool, and just as a side, is starting doing this. There's more and more bassoon players playing with electronics and playing in you know serious music pieces written for bassoon electronics, and then improvising bassoon players and stuff. So it's getting people out of the you know, oh, you can't do that kind of thing. Because I was told you can't do this type of thing, improvise. You can't, you know, there's just there's nothing there. You should just you know focus on your excerpts. So, um, you know, I don't know about bass two, probably the same thing for bass. You're, you know, you're only supposed to play, you know, one in four, you know, or, you know, go to the bridge. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you want to do it musically, right? You want to do it musically. And I think, you know, that's what we're all after, but it is possible for sure. Yeah. Well, I think for, for the, uh, for the average listener out there, or for, even for, I consider myself a more, uh, adventurous listener, you know, when I, when I, when I hear the word bassoon, I still think Prokofiev and uh, the grandfather being grumpy. Yep. yep. Um, uh, which, which, which doesn't do the bassoon a fair shake. And I'm curious to, for you to elaborate on that a bit more. Do you feel like you're 
searching to carve out an identity for the bassoon, or is there just such a vacuum that you feel you can you can do well, anything you want? Well, it's very interesting. Sometimes it's amazing what you work for. It actually happens in life. I mean, when I started out, oh, like 40 years ago, saying like, I want to play electric bassoon. I love Jimi Hendrix. I, I would put a microphone down the bassoon and get a wall insect, reel-to-reel tape recorder that had a great preamp and put it to a huge amp. You know, just, I did crazy things. And I, you know, uh, I try to get more direct, but when you, when you, I, you know, I just am very stubborn about it because it's something I really heard in my head and I really want to make it happen. I was just like, I wasn't going to be deterred. I was going to learn how to play the instrument. And lo and behold, as I went on, I found out that I was not the only person who had been doing certain things like this. I found, uh, like if there's a person named David Wells, he's a professor at Sacramento State who had done a lot of archiving of old jazz bassoonist and, and things like that who played off the grid and stuff. Uh, maybe not to the extent that I had done with electronics and stuff, but there had been some. So uh, you see, when you see more and more people doing it and, and they're really enjoying it, have a great time. For example, a friend of mine who's principal bassoon of the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra just played at the Indiana, Indiana Pacers basketball game playing the uh, Star Spangled Banner on electric bassoon. And wow. it was like, oh, cool. It's a mainstream. He's playing it. He's soloing. He's doing it in front of, you know, whatever. 5,000 people at COVID style, but, uh, and, you know, so there, it's just less weird than it ever was, you know, I mean, I, we are talking about a subgroup of musicians, you know, we're not talking about, you know, you know, um, you know, rap, you know, rappers or the hip hop world, something like that. Although there are some hip hop bassoons that are really cool. And it's just, it's just so nice to see that other people are, you know, hearing the same kind of things I'm hearing doing. So I, I you know, feel good about it. That's for sure. That uh, that part of uh, Serpentique where you you throw on the uh, the overdrive, and uh, you you start uh, playing this uh, very uh, rock and roll guitar esque solo, absolutely floored me. As as someone who's been like many guitar players searching for the that that tone you've been looking for for years, I'm like I think oh, yeah. like he found he found the tone we've all been looking for, but with ah. like, be- better vibrato and more sustain somehow. <laughs> it's funny because uh, um, there's been a few times where I've done that stuff and I love doing that stuff. In fact, I, ha- you know, I have some YouTube stuff that's uh, more like, you know, just during the pandemic really, you know, got together with some friends and uh, did some things where, you know, you know, did that kind of thing. Some, some, I would say like math metal type of stuff, whatever. And uh, it's just, it's just real fun because that range of the instrument is similar to a guitar in ways where you can play down low, like a, on a low E on the guitar or whatever. You know, you know, kind of riff around on lower strings or something, but uh, the bassoon, you know, overdriving that very sweet sound, there's a lot of tonal possibilities, and so I'm, I'm I think I've honed it in more and more. But yeah, that's it's you know, it's a lot of fun, and uh, uh, I enjoy doing that. And it's also fun to see others doing it too. It's it's great. So if only guitar players knew that it was as simple as learning to play bassoon. I know. <laughs> I would have I would have given up this thing long ago. Yeah. <laughs>
We're going to take a quick intermission for a word from our sponsor, which is us. Craft Brewed Music is a curated streaming service that streams better music for serious listeners. Sometimes we hear that people want to hear more of the songs we play on the podcast. There are a couple of ways to hear more Craft Brewed Music. You can download the app from the App Store or Google Play and get a free trial. Or you can become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, linked in the description of each episode, and get exclusive bonus episodes containing extra music and a sampling of our other artists. We'll help you discover music off the beaten path so that you become the person your friends turn to for recommendations, and we split our income with the artists. Craft Brewed Music, better music for serious listeners. To hear samples and find out more about us, visit craftbrewedmusic.com. Question for Ariana. You, I noticed you said when you were talking about meeting Paul, you said, if there's an eclectic side of myself, this would be a good person to explore that with or unpack that with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. So are you saying that you didn't know whether you had that eclectic side and had not delved into it prior to that? Or um, am I misunderstanding that? Well, I mean, you know, in a band situation, you're called for very specific purposes. You know, you're called to groove, lay down a groove hold it, you know, hold down the, the lower side of things. And I've always enjoyed doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm happy grooving in the corner all night. That's that's perfectly fine. But there was always this interest of what other possibilities of sound you can explore with this instrument, you know, when, especially when you listen to micromanning or people who tap or use effects. And uh, that was always interesting to me, but I didn't quite know what to do with it. I dabbled a little bit in solo bass, but... Um, that felt a little lonely at times, and there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. And then you can also get a little bit tired of the timbre, even if you use a lot of effects and try to keep it varied using loopers and what have you. But I, I did, um, I, I felt there was something there. I wasn't quite um, finding my sound as a solo person, and, and just this, this match of the sound with Paul was just absolutely magical. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing I don't think we've talked about yet, but where the name came from. I think, Paul, first when we started, it was like out of nowhere band, right? Yeah, what hmm. became that because we were kind of thinking, all, there's somewhere there's an email of some hilarious band names that didn't make it. <laughs> I got to find it. Some really raccoon or... Uh, or no uh, dog uh, days was one of them. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. Uh, you know, uh, build up to nowhere. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> but What's interesting about bassoon and bass, if you take bass out of bassoon, you have what do you got left? Mm-hmm. O O N. And it's ah, you know. And uh, it, it just became our name. And, um, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just uh, we're striving for higher realities, I guess, of support in some ways, like what we can come up with. And again, you know, Arian, I would send Arian these crazy parts. Like, can you possibly think of doing this? And I. I have a guitar member. So if I, you do this with that figure, this thing, it's like a, sending somebody a chart and like a, a twister mat or something like that. It's like if you put your left foot on the red and the right, and she would just come back here. How's this? And she'd be able to do it. Oh my gosh. She, you could actually do that. You could actually make that happen. It sounds great too. It's so, a wonderful challenge. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, and, it's you know, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. The blend is really surprisingly uh, comfortable, you know, to listen to. Wolf, what did, um, what's your background as far as the what you've done as an engineer or producer, and how did this all hit you when it when it started? Um, my background is also as a bass player. Okay, um, I mean that's how I started out, and, and it was very busy here back in Austria, playing with lots of bands and, and also writing for them. 
And I, I more and more um, I noticed that the writing part really was where, where I had the best of times and, and wanted to put most of the energy in. And so over time, I completely basically switched to writing, uh, composing, and, and then was, was lucky to, to get uh, gigs uh, in the video game industry and, and did a lot of composing there. Um, and like th those were the, the games that I worked on. They weren't the huge titles. They were all smaller titles. And, and what you do there is, is I, I'm basically a one-man shop. So I, I write the tracks, I mix them, I record. Uh, whatever I can, and uh, deliver the finished product. So that was basically I was I was um, thrown into learning how to mix, learning how to record properly. Uh -huh. um, so so that provided some of the background because when when Ariana and Paul started, uh, they they said, well, yeah, this is cool, we love it, but now what do we do? And and then I said, well, you know, you can record in my studio. Um, and that's what we then did. We, we tried it with two, two songs at first, I think, and, and it worked out well. And so we went from there and recorded more and more. And in the process, I was, as I was sitting there, I just couldn't keep my mouth shut and gave up comments about the music and, and yeah, what I felt, ideas. yeah, what I felt could be done with the song. Um, and so I ended up becoming part of the whole process of um, recording. At the, we, we wrote some tunes together, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and we're still going in that same capacity. And so, and that all, that process now carries into the new record you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, except for right now we're like <laughs> working remotely a bit. Right. But um, we, we got... We, uh, some recordings in the can and it's it's now up to us to finish them so they're polishing the production doing some editing mixing um some overdubs maybe i can't wait for it to be out oh my god it's been, yeah. the ball's a little bit in our court at the moment we moved from la to nashville so we've had a lot of changes uh, yeah. we also hope i published a book so that's been just incredibly time consuming and you know we have these own tracks sitting here there Pretty, pretty much done. We need to finish some mixes, and this is not the easiest project to mix. So um, there's that, That's and then I need to do some overdubs. A surprisingly interesting challenge. Why is that? <laughs> Mixing it. Um, yeah, because because it's so different, right? It's mm -hmm. uh, first of all, it's two bass instruments for the most part, even though you reach in the higher ranges. Um, but yeah, it's creating a full sound without just using the approach. Oh, let's just slap an enormous amount of reverb on it, then it'll sound full. Um, that, that's the easy way out, but uh, that's not always the right thing for the song. So I, and of course, it's nothing like that I would have ever mixed before. So it was an interesting uh, new territory to explore. And yeah. we're keeping uh, keeping that, that journey up, exploring how we can do it. Um, we're not holding back also with uh, using effects that um, you probably will have a challenge using live. Some of them, <laughs> there's some, some special <laughs> yeah, reverbs and stuff. But hey, um, I mean, that's one thing that we decided for this new recording is 
there's going to be live playing and there's going to be studio production. And we don't want it to be completely disconnected, but let's not hold back to lose to, to use possibilities that we have with the studio here. Yeah. yeah, there's some lovely tunes that I can't wait for people to hear that uh, I think we both wrote that are just, yeah. yeah, there's there's kind of a classic, I don't know, I wouldn't say there's a classic template, but we kind of have a few of them. And there's things that are, you know, more similar to the line of Polaris that are just like extensions of what we were doing and just just really feel great to me. It really feel great. I can't wait for people to hear it. Can't wait to perform it. And I think there's some other things that are, are different than what we haven't done at all uh, before. And so definitely excited about when it comes out. And uh, now that we're getting you know, into this pandemic, I think the day is drawing closer. Uh, so yeah. definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. morning about you know my first impressions listening to uh, Polaris uh, were you know really being enamored with the, uh, the the timbre of the two instruments together uh, and how the uh, that sonic space sounded really concentrating on the the melodies uh, and what either of you would solo in this last couple of listens I've ex- ex- exclusively uh, focused on each of you as an accompanist and I, we touched on that earlier in the, the interview, but it's really amazing how many different textures and flavors each of you can create to support the other while they're taking the melody role or the, uh, or the, the solo role. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to have to do that. If we're only, it's on you. You know, it's like there's no one else there. To, oh, it's not your turn. No, it's always your turn to do something. You know, you're not just uh, you're not there. When we do a noon we talk about this. We kind of have to we ramp up, like uh, if you're in training camp a little bit, like uh, uh, getting ready for the season, because this is not like a normal gig where, you know, you play a little bit and then you can kind of zone out and mm. let the other person play solo or just take a break with them. You're always doing something that's going to be heard. There's no doubt about it. And you're just two of you. You got to figure out a way to, you know, have the energy to, you know, stick with it, you know, and uh, focus. That's fun. I mean, we all love that. So, mm. you know. Sure, Daniel, we get Paul, 
that's that's you talking as a horn player right because yeah as a bass player you don't get to oh no <laughs> no no i know that but but also but i've never i never say that she a bass player would ever not be there but but ariana does more than just play that supportive yeah. you know she she that's what i'm saying she does more than just be the bass player she's a bassist she's the keyboard player she's a melodic player that, that just there's no other place to go i mean you know so uh yeah i know i horn players we do well, take yeah, and, yeah. But, and also to to return the compliment so do you i mean yeah. you, you get to do things i think that's also what makes this interesting for both of you as musicians um you get to do things that you're just not going to get to do anywhere else right exactly and and uh explore possibilities like, like all this stuff like stuff with the harmonizer for example that you provide the harmony so that aviana can play a single note line right um it's and and, and, and i enjoy it too yeah, yeah and, and as as we have uh experienced also in the in the last recordings one of the challenges for for both of you is uh to come up with creative ways to create this accompaniment or, or the, the melody or how things work together because it's easy enough to repeat the same formula over and over yes that's um, true but then well what else can we do right mm -hmm. and, and experimenting and stuff and so um it's quite rewarding and challenging talk about you know our our goal and our mission at craft brood music is to um shine you know shine a spotlight on music like this but and i guess the bigger picture it's to support musicians and um real music and try to make a, a model that's viable um in in this landscape where so many of the old models are not and so we like to talk to people about what what's the best way for 
fans of this music, whether they're pre-existing fans of your music or maybe people discovering it now, what's the best way for people to support you in this environment of streaming? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we are published with, uh, you know, CD Baby. We did the whole, uh, so we're available on the streaming sites and we are, <laughs> so when we moved, we actually sold out of physical CDs. We had a thousand and we, we sold out. But when we moved, I found another box. So they're back up on Amazon, <laughs> back in stock. actually. <laughs> Extremely rare. <laughs> Extremely rare, yeah, value. Um, but, um, I mean, Brian, you know, your app and your whole um, idea of curated playlists, I think, is a really interesting and and um like innovative way to go forward enjoying music i have to personally say by being on your app i have found several artists that would not have been on my radar and because you know you handpick all the artists and you really uh you know bring together a certain sound you know you find anybody from jeff coffin and you know lots of other interesting artists that i would otherwise not have found so I, I really appreciate this idea of playlists and curating and putting this all to, into an app and, you know, making podcasts where you can connect with the other artists and, and discover new music that you'd otherwise not discover is a really great way because we're so overloaded in social media and, you know, it's really hard to filter through the noise. So I really appreciate what you have offered there. Mm, well, thank you. That's, that's really great to hear. Right now as we speak, I'm installing your app. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't have it before. Seriously, because it's it's just I was just read you know because I'm usually getting emails and stuff and okay okay stuff's going on, but uh, the whole thing you're talking about um, the niche you the way you promote yourselves and the the way you know talk it really is it, you know everybody is an individual and most of the apps that I've seen out there are just like I don't know just look like anything else you'd see on Facebook or you know. Or, Instagram or something. They just kind of, you know, g relatively generic. Yours doesn't look like that at all. And, uh, and, and, and just that's a look thing. And, uh, from, you know, hearing about the artists you had on there, it's pretty, you know, pretty obvious that uh, lots going on. Yeah. I think using humans instead of robots and algorithms is a key component. Yes. I think, I think it's really that. There you go. There you go. You know, um, I think you're very equitable. You're very fair. I mean, there's, it seems like there's a race to the bottom in a way with the whole business in terms of the value right. of music and artists. And you guys are, you know, you're upholding value. You're telling people, oh, there is a value to this. Check it out. And it's, it's somewhat ironic, but it's true that, you know, when people hear try craft brews or craft, you know, coffee or, you know, things that people intake, you know. There's people like to think, oh, this is something special about it. So why aren't we doing that with music too? Why not tell people there's certain things that are special that are off the beaten track. I think it's really important. Well, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and people will pay for those other things and they'll pay a premium for it. And um, yeah. to me, it follows that they should they, do that for music. It's, it's really interesting because when people do like uh, some of my, uh, my own stuff I put up like on uh, Bandcamp, you can, you know, People who really like the musical pay more than you're asking in a way, you know, right. which is cool. And I know for sure music is always going to survive. And mm -hmm. it, there's great music right now. It's fantastic. It's, it's great to be, you know, uh, doing what we can do and with you guys. Uh, and I think definitely your approach is, to me, the wise one for sure.
for listening. Craft Brewed Music, both the podcast and the streaming service, has the mission of promoting this music and these artists. We can't do that without ears on the music. So if you like what you've heard here, we're going to ask two small favors. First, tell someone about the podcast. Secondly, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Craft Brewed Music app, and try a free two-week trial of the streaming service. For more information, visit us at craftbrewedmusic.com. Thanks again, and see you next time.